Thank you for listening to Ingram Law. Our website is joeingramlaw.com. Our phone number is 205-335-2640. As always, we appreciate you listening. We, we, we will entertain your questions that you submit to us. Our topic today is how to handle being interviewed by the FBI. I get calls every day from potential clients that um, are contacted by, say, the FBI, the DEA, ATF, Secret Service, the IRS, the Alabama Department of Revenue related to tax issues, or even a local police department or an investigator reaches out to one of my clients and wants to interview them about a potential crime. And so the the conversation always starts with Mr. Ingram. The FBI has contacted me. They want to interview me. Uh, I'm thinking about thinking about going down for the interview. Should I go? And my initial response is always, well, I need to know more information about you, about what the potential allegations are, what crimes they are looking at, and um, before I can give you a legal opinion as to whether or not I think you would make a good witness to be interviewed by the uh, agency that you are a target of. And we can end those interviews at any time. Um, So today, um, we have the pleasure of having someone that has been interviewed by the FBI, and they were cleared, by the way. Former client of mine has has, uh, graciously offered to be a uh, guest on our show today, and they will join us briefly. Stand by. So we're about to bring uh, Paul on the air here in just a second. And... um, He will join us. And um, so we are about to have Paul join us here in just a second. Paul. Are you there? Paul. Paul, I can't hear you. you. Can you hear me now? Paul, you're here. I'm here someplace. (laughs) I'm being flummoxed by this technology. Okay, so Paul is joining us on our show today. Paul, thank you for being a guest. 
Well, thank you for inviting me. So tell the audience um, your name, your background, what kind of work you do now. Well, audience, my name is Polly D. My background is in education and in law enforcement, and I am currently the director of training for an active duty Air Force unit. Okay. Um, now tell the, you can tell the audience if you want to, how we came to, to, to know each other or meet. Well, I believe we met in class. I forget which one. I think maybe a technology class in grad school, maybe in 2013 or 2014. And we kind of met in an unusual way because we were all introducing ourselves around the room. And you said that you had practiced law for X amount of years and you concluded introducing yourself. And I thought I was being amusing and said, well, if you've been practicing law for that long, how much longer do you think it will be until you get it right? And I did not know at the time that that had perturbed you, but it didn't, uh, I guess, cause too much of an impediment of us becoming uh, friends and colleagues at school as time went on. <laughs> it's okay. It wasn't that big a deal. Um, it, it was 2014, by the way. Um, okay. So our topic today, Paul, is um, being called to being interviewed by a agency. In this case, the FBI contacted you. So tell Tell the audience briefly how that happened with you. Paul? Can you hear me? You can now. Oh, uh, that's interesting. I get a call from the FBI field office in Birmingham, Alabama, and they wish to speak to me. And I thought that was highly unusual. I couldn't think of any reason in the world why the FBI might want to talk to me, except maybe something having to do with my previous line of work, um, maybe involving somebody I'd worked for. And I was a little concerned when they wouldn't tell me exactly what it was they wanted to discuss. But suspicion and intrigue and curiosity got the better of me. So I said, okay, but I think it would be in my best interest if we met at my lawyer's office that being you. I had previously consulted with you and you had done some uh, family law for my parents with a will and such. So I called you up on the phone. I said, Joe, this is what we've got going on. The FBI wishes to speak to me. I don't know what about. Would you mind if we met at your office to which you agreed? Yeah. Thinking back on it now, um, what year was that? That, that, the, inter the interview took place. Uh, that would have been in late 2018 or early 2019. Yeah, it was, it was pre COVID. I know that. Yes, it certainly was. Um, the two good things for you, a, um, due to your background and training, I was not concerned about you being a witness or, or giving a statement. And the second thing was, um, that made me feel a little better. If you remember, typically they want you to come down to the FBI building and the agent was willing to come to my office to do the interview. Yes, that's true. 
Um, okay. So after they called you, we agreed to do the interview. Um, tell the audience, were you scared? I was. I was a little nervous, mostly because I had no idea about why I was there. It was a little intimidating having uh, some agent from the FBI come to ask you questions and you're not sure what it was about. Yeah. And, um, you know, we sat down and, and we met and we talked about being uh, questioned by a federal agent. Um, we discussed giving false statements that could be considered later perjury. Um, and do you felt like, um, do you feel like I prepared you fairly well for, for what you were about to face? I did. You really put me in more of a relaxed frame of mind. We kind of discussed what we should volunteer, what we shouldn't, how you thought it was probably going to go, and how to kind of look to you for a go-ahead if I wasn't sure about answering certain questions or how to phrase certain things and that made me feel a lot more prepared and comfortable well thank you um you know just thinking back um i remember when i called the agent he would not tell me either um what the nature of the um, allegation or or what they wanted to speak to you about so we we both went into this kind of blind um, when, when we sat in, in that conference room that day. Yeah, it was kind of coming from a place where there was only so much preparation we could make, I suppose. Yeah. And after the, after, after he told you what it was about, um, a, do you feel comfortable sharing that? Yes, I can share with the audience if they care to hear the story. So he started asking, I believe, questions about my history and background, kind of related to, did I have any affiliation or sympathies to terrorist organizations? And I thought that was the most strange line of questioning at the time, seeing what I was doing and the fact that I had a security clearance and all these other things. I couldn't for the life of me imagine where he was going with that line of questioning. <laughs> and then, and then he turned over the magic document and, and re, um, showed you a uh, paper that you had written in graduate school. Yes. About three or four years previously, I had written a statement using what I would term hyperbole to show my disdain and contempt for the concept of using a Twitter as a teaching tool in the classroom. And I quote, I stated on this paper in two sentences and what he wrote said, I am more likely to fly the black flag of jihad than I am to ever use Twitter as a teaching tool in my classroom, period. End of quote. And that is where this whole thing came from. Um, evidently, someone took that piece of paper and sent it to 
an intelligence fusion center. And then four years later, they thought it was important to ask me questions about it. You know, that just makes me, uh, brings back a memory. They did this right before the 9-11 anniversary. And he told me after he cleared you, if you'll remember, he said, oh, we had to follow up on all potential threats or leads. Yeah. So it w- so it was in September of um, 2018. Okay, that would make sense. You yeah. have a amazing memory, Joe, for dates, times, and places. <laughs> so, um, let me ask you this: If you had it to do over, would you do that interview again? Would I do the interview with the FBI again? Knowing what I know now, I don't think I would just because if they really had something they needed to talk to me about, they wouldn't give me the option of having a meeting, I think. And since it kind of created such a consternation for a amount of time, I'm not sure I would have volunteered to do it again. Yeah. Okay. So that covers our topic today. I'm glad it went well for you. I'm glad you were cleared. I knew you were scared and frightened back then yeah. and, and I wanted things to go well for you. Um, so as a side note, uh, for our audience, uh, those that think that I'm just a political wonk and a legal nerd, we have several stories over the years of our friendship. And we talked about this off air. Tell the audience about our running story. I remember this very well. So we had been friends for a while and we would compare notes about running. And I knew that you were a very avid runner and had competed in half marathons and full marathons and ultra marathons, et cetera, et cetera. And we're always donning the uh, most up-to-date advanced running shoes. And I was an amateur athlete at this point and probably in the best shape of my life. And I thought I was a pretty good hotshot running both the road and the trails. So when you offered to, to uh, let's go running together through Homewood, I said, yeah, that sounds like fun. I was thinking in my mind, oh, certainly I can keep up with Joe Ingram. He's not a spring chicken. I'm in pretty good shape. I can't let him beat me. And so I thought we would have a fun run through the neighborhood. And I remember as we kind of set out through the gate, the first couple blocks, I felt all right. And then it didn't take but maybe five minutes into the run where I'm just kind of starting to fall slowly behind and then more quickly behind. And I just see you shrinking towards the horizon and outpace me. And I pushed myself as hard as I could. I thought my heart was going to pop. I never did catch you. And I just remember your wonky gait. <laughs> I think to myself, that looks painful the way he runs as you speak. Severely. And then to rub salt in the wound, when we get to our ending point, you've already done your stretches, were relaxed, and probably had your heart rate down to your resting rate. I was uh, completely amazed and never again had the temerity to think that I would be able to keep up with you. <laughs> You're too kind. The The best part of this story for the listeners, um, that was 
eight years ago. So that I would have been about 43. You would have been how old? You're asking me to do the math on the 35, I think. Okay. So I have eight years on you. I believe so. So that that's the best part of it for me is that I was eight years your senior <laughs> and in much better shape. <laughs> oh, well, um, okay. Um, well, Paul, we really appreciate your time. I have told the listeners you will be a future guest. We have about five stories that I have recalled um, that I think would be of great interest to our audience. Um, I thank you for your time today. And as always, we appreciate the listeners. If you have questions, you can present those to us off air, joeingramlaw.com. Um, our phone number is 205-335-2640. Take care of yourself and each other and have a good day. No representation is made that the quality of the legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers.